EFTM Take Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM G'day, g'day, welcome to the EFTM Podcast, good to be back uh, Sorry I missed you last week uh, I completely and utterly forget what I was doing uh, <laughs> Oh that's right, The um, oh we'll talk about that eh how about we talk about that a bit later? Um, <laughs> the, the TV came and the installer rang and said, can we install? I went, yes, you can. Bye-bye. So I ran out. Uh, we did. I did only have maybe three or four um, emails to get to anyway, so I thought I'll, I'll save them and we'll combine them all and we'll get to it this week anyway. So welcome to the EFTM podcast. Uh, thank you to the awesome people at LG for continued support of EFTM and the EFTM podcast. Uh, plenty of great deals coming up on uh, on TVs, let me tell you. So actually, uh, spoiler alert, next week, it's going to be this week, but it's going to be next week now because he had to fly to Melbourne. Um, Tony Brown from LG is going to come on and share some Black Friday buying tips. So hold off on any thought about buying a TV right now. Let's just wait until we hear what Tony says about Black Friday. Because here's the thing. The big brands, they've already done the deals. They've, the, the retailers have twisted their arms. They know what's coming. So he might not tell us prices, but he'll certainly give us some tips, maybe about when. Because Black Friday is a Friday, but I keep being told the Wednesday date. So maybe it starts early. I don't know. But anyway, there's a bunch of cool stuff. You can read my latest LG review, the LG QNED TV. Um, awesome picture quality, uh, quantum dot, all the stuff you want. Uh, there's a huge range of TVs from LG, obviously, um, and you can check all those out at lg.com. Uh, follow the links at EFTM because then, you know, I know you clicked it. So if you go to EFTM, you'll see an LG little square little ad on the on the side of every page. Click that. Click there because then they know that you, you're coming to them from EFTM, you see. See, I don't track. I've said this before. I don't do affiliate deals. I have got, for full disclosure, an Amazon affiliates account. And I have like three times included a link to track and and clip the ticket on purchases. You remember I did the Kodak film scanner review? I thought, man, if this thing does go well, I want, you know, I want to get a kickback here. Thanks very much. Like five people clicked. I mean, I didn't get that much. I got like 20 cents out of it or something. Um, I did it with something else. I think a Belkin headphones were available through Amazon. So I added that link. But like it's extra work. I'm so lazy, right? And when I write an article, uh, I just want to copy paste the link to buy or whatever it is. To do the Amazon thing, you got to go to another website, you got to paste, you got to copy. I just, I'm just too lazy. Just don't have time. And my business not model is not earning money from what you buy. Okay, my business model is helping you understand what's out there. Um, a bunch of great companies support that by banner ads and and things on EFTM, but by no means does it need to influence what you are buying. But if you are, for example, looking to look into LG's TVs, and you click the link on the on the EFTM website. There's actually no tracking built into any of the ads. Just so you know, I can see how many people clicked, but uh, LG doesn't know how many people clicked. But they see it at their end because I can look at my website. Anyone that runs a website knows you see where traffic comes from, so you can see referring sites. So it's good to for people to know. Like I know Netgear and Arlo see how many people are clicking those those banners. So if you're ever in the market for something, and this frankly applies to any website you follow, any style of, of content. It doesn't have to be just tech. But if you, for example, were thinking about looking into the JBL headphones, click on the link on EFTM because 
at least there's there's some record of you investigating, thinking about it, and and going to their website from us. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the benefit of a kind of trying to support in that way. I don't need, hopefully, most of the time, your financial support. Um, that's what all those companies are, are supporting EFTM for. There's the financial support they give helps me pay Scott, pay Daniel, pay the rent, and pay my mortgage. Um, it doesn't affect me in any way if 200 people today clicked on a banner and bought from that banner. It doesn't increase my revenue for the month. It does help me when they go, should we keep doing this? So a great example is internet security. Your internet security is up for renewal. You've got Norton. You've got McAfee. You've got Kaspersky. You go, you know what? I'm not going to hit renew until I go to the EFGM website and I click that Trend Micro banner ad. I'm going to click there. I'm going to click there and see what it says. And then you're going to read it and you go, actually, well, this one's 50 bucks, this one's 70 bucks. Well, you're going to do some comparisons. And then you're going to go, you know what? They're the same price. And then maybe, maybe you go, well, I'll use Trend Micro. It'll, 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 it'll support Trev. It'll support EFTM. You know, if Trend Micro sees links from EFTM constantly and signups and all those things, they're going to notice and they're going to go, well, yeah, let's keep uh, let's keep supporting them um, because that, that could end in a heartbeat for me. And that's when I get stressed because then I have to find someone else to replace that. And it's very hard to do because most of what I do is built on relationships. My relationship with the individuals at those companies is what helps me convince them to do a little bit of, of marketing. Um, and the uh, full disclosure again, I don't know why I'm getting into this. wasn't even the list. Um, the other thing it does is it, it puts them at the front of the queue. doesn't give them preference in terms of what I say about them, but a great example is um, is LG. Um, I've got three laptops in this building right now. One of them's LG. The other two are not. I'm going to go straight to the LG one because they're supporting me. I'm not guaranteeing I'm going to say something amazing about it, but I'm going to do it first. I'm going to get to it quicker. And it's the same with announcements and things like that. That's what we offer. We, order, we offer editorial priority, not editorial, um, what do you call it? Uh, What's the word for saying nice things? We're not going to. We're not guaranteeing we say nice things. We're just guaranteeing we'll get to it. So yeah, if you've uh, if you're looking for a TV, <laughs> looking for a TV, you can score big with LG QNED TVs. Research them now via the banner on the EFTM website, and we'll talk to Tony next week about what's coming up with uh, with Black Friday in late November. Uh, anyway, lots to get to. A uh, bunch of calls. Um, insightful calls. In fact, there isn't that many calls today, but I I think you'll enjoy them. I think you'll get something out of them. And I certainly have enjoyed sitting here uh, getting ready for the show. So let's get on with it. I've got a few things to talk about. This is the EFTM Podcast. Now, you will, word of warning over the next week, I don't know how many days because I don't know where I've got the time, but you're going to see a few stories about Peter Adderton because I was invited to lunch today, in fact, with Peter Adderton, but I couldn't go because it's Tuesday and the podcast is my my priority most of the time. Um, so I said, let's can we catch up on the Monday? I'm in the city anyway. So I had um, a bit of time set aside and I got there early and then we kept talking late. So I was late to my next thing, but still, 
Peter Adderton is the man that founded Boost Mobile. And he uh, he was off as soon as the door opened. He was talking. He was good. He's good to go. He's good for a chat. He's good for a quote. He's good for a comment. He's good for controversy. Um, he talked about everything from his Mobile X platform, which is his new uh, mobile provider in America, through to Boost and where they're at, through to 5G. We even talk supercars. Now, I'll give you this, this little uh, tidbit before I write it, but he's pretty angry. He doesn't really like the supercars and the way they run and everything about them. Uh, I disagree with his views on a, on a fair bit of it, including the commentary. I think Neil and Scafe are awesome. I do think it's um, state-run TV in that sense, that they don't say, have anything negative to say about things, but I think that's why they probably need an independent commentator, you know, an actual commentator like a Lee Diffie, Greg Rust, you know, someone that's not paid to full-time work for supercars. They're just paid to call as they see it and then go to Neil and Scafe for racing information. Anyway, leaving that aside, um, he said to me, he said, um, like, you know, he he can't get a wild card entry, can't get a, um, a a car on the grid. So he's thinking, well, the thing's turned into rubbish anyway. I'll just, I'll buy the rights to NASCAR, bring 30 NASCARs to Australia and just put on NASCAR Australia, bring some US drivers over and just make a rival series. Ford v Chevy again, wild. So that 6G, 5G, video streaming, how much data we use, and his Mobile X concept, which is not a concept anymore, it's in America and it's selling at Walmart, um, is remarkable. So, yeah. And I'm sure he's talking to a lot of people, so you'll see a lot of quotes from him around. So just a word of warning. There's going to be a bit of Peter Adderton chat um, on, <laughs> on, the, on the website this week. Um, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> There's a lot going on. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Now, the other thing before we get to calls, um, we talked about this on Two Blokes Talking Tech, the EV tax and all that stuff, the Victorian overruled, the Victorian, um, the High Court overruled the Victorian tax on uh, on EVs, the road usage charge. Um, last week, we talked about it a bit on the uh, on the Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast. I did do some numbers, as I said I would. I have got in my head an article. Um, I have spoken to people in the back rooms of government. Um, there's some wild potential outcomes of this court case, which I probably won't get into. I'm, to be honest, I'm going to ring someone else who's a like fair dink and proper journo and tip to them some of the things that I've heard because it's a huge story. The ramifications of that high court decision in the Victorian EV tax are enormous outside of fuel excise and EV tax. Leaving that aside, I did do the numbers, and I'll, I'll publish as much as I can when I get to it. Um, but remember I was talking, or if you heard Two Bucks Talking Tech, essentially what I was saying was a kilometre tax for all cars doesn't work because some people win and some people lose. So, for example, here's how I've done the numbers. For a Tesla Model 3 right now, if you pay $0.2.8 per, per kilometre, and, and by the way, all this is based on driving 15,000 Ks a year, you'd pay $420 in um, – in the road user tax, $420. If you drive a, um, let's look here first. If you drive a Toyota Hilux with an average consumption of 9.5 litres per hundred, you currently pay $2,900 in petrol. 
Without the excise, you'll pay $2,200. You'll save $684 in fuel excise. So you pay less in petrol. Then you'll end up paying $420 to the road user tax. You'll save $264. That's a gas-guzzling car. A Ford Ranger at 11 kilometers uh, litres per 100 kilometres will save $372 per year. So the more your car guzzles in petrol, the more you save under a road user charge. In fact, it gets worse. If you drive a Toyota Prius with a 3.4 litre per 100 range, uh, fuel economy, and you drive 15,000 kilometres a year, you're going to save, with the removal of the fuel excise, you're going to save $245. But because you're going to spend $420 on this road user tax, you're actually going to be spending $175 more than you currently do. So that's why there will be no per kilometre uh, road user charge for everyone. Could you do it? And this is what I'm going to tease out in an article. Could you do it on a um, efficiency basis? So if your car is rated, because every car has a rating in the system, to a certain fuel efficiency, then you pay less or more per kilometre. It won't happen because no government is going to come out and say, hey, everyone that owns the best-selling cars in Australia, the Hilux and the Ranger, you have to pay more than other people to use the roads. It's not going to happen, okay? Forget it. Not going to happen. So what will happen and has to happen is the federal government now needs to step in and implement a national road user charge for electric vehicles uh, implemented at a national level, perhaps administered at a state level. I don't know if that's possible, um, which will work out to be collecting the same amount because New South Wales has a road user charge plan. Victoria had just one had one they had to scrap or it's being challenged legally. It's going to be EVs, folks. It's only going to be EVs that are required to pay something extra. And if you're an EV owner and you don't understand that, then you don't understand economics. And if you're an EV owner, in the comments of that really boring, annoying dude on TikTok who just talks about his Tesla all day, every day, and who I jumped into the comments on and I've been arguing with a bunch of people um, and I haven't called them the D word because I don't want to get banned from TikTok. Um, if you're in the comments saying, yes, well, we should just tax the people that are killing us. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They go tax people with fossil fuel cars. And I'm like, they're killing us? And he goes, haven't you heard of climate change? And I'm like, I haven't heard of a single death attributed to climate change. That's for sure. Bottom line, EV nutbags want petrol-powered cars to pay more on the roads and EVs to be free. That's lunacy because it doesn't solve the long-term problem, which is a multi-billion dollar hole in the federal budget when fuel is used less and less and less. How do you fill that goal, How, uh, that hole? How do you pay the states for roads? How do you pay local councils for roads? And to all those people, by the way, spoiler alert to the article as well, all those people saying, it doesn't pay for roads, and hasn't done for years, BS. There is state government, federal to state government grants based on the number of roads and the size of the state. And there are local government grants to every single local government area for road upkeep. And it comes from the fuel excise. Maybe it's not the whole fuel excise. If the government collects $10 billion, they might only distribute 6 I don't know. But it doesn't matter. It does pay for the roads. There's going to be a hole in the budget. That's what matters.
Anyway, those are my thoughts. Let me know what your thoughts are. You can go to the website EFTM.com. It's as simple as that and we will uh, we'll get you on the show. We'll have a chat. And look, that's the thing. I'm not just here about tech help. Sometimes I just want to have a chin whack. So sometimes that's the best part of the show. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question or you just want to uh, buying advice, whatever it might be, go to the website EFTM.com. Anthony's on the line. G'day, Anthony. Hey, Trevor. How you going? Yeah, real good, bud. What's happening in your world? Oh, you know, just day-to-day, more or less. <laughs> Nothing exciting. Are you a Trying or- to keep the head above the water. Aren't we all? I mean, uh, yeah. that's the daily challenge. And, you know, it's great when you get to the end of the day and you go, all the bills were paid today. I said to someone the other day, um, you know, because I'm self-employed, so it's kind of that weird thing where you don't have a salary and it's like, oh, oh look, you know what? I haven't missed a mortgage payment, so that's got to be a good thing. That's that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm saying you. I'm self-employed, self-employed, semi-retired, which either way you want to talk about it. Semi-retired? How does that yeah. come about? Is that a, is that just because you want to work less or you've you've got to that point where you're good with it? Oh, I was made redundant and I think, you know, middle-aged white men are a bit challenged in today's society, to be honest. Well, I hope you find a great way to make make some money on the side of that uh, semi-retirement. Now, yeah, that's, that's what I'm you sent me an email that suggests that you're, you're worse than me when it comes to hoarding stuff because I was talking about my old iPack. And so I, I can't actually remember why we were talking about it. I think we were talking about smartphones, but, you know, I remember the I remember the compact iPack. I remember having two different versions of it over the course of a little while. But I remember this kind of silver, but not chrome. It wasn't really chrome. It was like a, you know, silver painted plastic, but a silver thing, full touch screen with a stylus. And was I arguing with someone about whether or not it had phone capabilities? But I loved that device. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have it, I have it. And when I heard you talking about it, I said, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> I still got mine and I still got my Newton message pad. Wow. And everything before and after. And it's not hoarding, it's um, keeping. It's uh, just, you know. <laughs> memorabilia, I, I, I pull them out every now and then to show my children and they just look at me with glazed eyes. Like, it's uh, not that exciting. Do they, any of them still got, work? Yeah, they all work. But not on batteries, you know. You just got to like, like the Newton message pad. Every now and then, I plug it in, and yeah, it works. So you you plug um, it in, and it, it powers up, but the battery's not store, saving uh, power. Nah, yeah, no, no, no. So you've no, got a, no. a so a Newton message pad. That's an Apple, like that's the OG hmm. iPad, really, isn't it? That, that's the original. I mean, it came before everyone else. Became before the iPad and everything. Everything comes from that Newton message pad because when Steve Jobs took out retook Apple, you know, the story how he wanted to get rid of anything to do with his predecessor. Anything his predecessor developed, he basically scrapped, and one of them was a message pad. And I used to be in tech. I used to actually run an IT business at that time myself. And so I was heavily, heavily into it. And I I recall the story like it was yesterday. And um, the engineers at Apple were begging Steve Jobs not to disband that team, Um, the handwriting and everything like that. And, you know, he basically got rid of them all and um i do know a lot of them went across to uh compact and that's where they started to do the um handwriting recognition wow so the the newton was what did you use it for because ipac when we fast forward to that i had a um i had a casio it was this thing that opened up like a uh, like a book and it, it had a screen on it and a full keyboard down the bottom and that's how i saved all my contacts so i used it for contacts no, uh- 
I have one of them also. And <laughs> <laughs> that I still and have. I still ha- and, and I still have it. I would, I'd love to get it working again, but I don't think it'll – it only used CR223 batteries. So I think yeah, I tried yeah, once to get yeah. it working, but it wouldn't. But So I used it for contact. So Newton introduced the stylus. So what was it about making notes? Was, was that where you yeah, were? Was I, I meant to be a digital notepad? A digital notepad. And so, as I said, I was running my own business back then myself in IT. And I was desperate. I thought, oh, this would be the absolute saviour of everything from – and I remember getting the Symantec had a program called ACT, and I loaded that on it, and I thought this would be – you know, it's early um, CRM, um, you know, customer relationships, and I could yep. put all my customers on that, and I was spreadsheets. Oh, it was fantastic. It, 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 it showed so much promise, but it was just so difficult. And the handwriting – I mean, there's that classic Simpsons episode, you know, the um, Newton message pad when – the kid writes something and it came up with something differently. You just use it to throw it at another child in a theatre. Eat up, the classic Arthur, one I in think Simpsons. it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just like that. You'd write stuff and you'd say, oh, it's fantastic. Look, at this incredible. And just something else would pop up on the screen. Wow. It, um, yeah, so I had such high hopes for it. And then, you know, when I said, you know, when Apple got rid of it and then the compact came out and the iPad and, oh, my God, I just thought that was the most incredible thing ever. So Still where did you go concert. from there? Because I went to BlackBerry after iPack and then, you know, into the smartphone. Did you have a BlackBerry period? Where, where did you yeah. kind of go from iPack? Yeah, I, I, I think I went from iPack to, you know, they had a phone um, and then HTC brought out a phone. Yeah. And it was kind of like the smartphone, and I can't you – know, now you're pushing my memory, and I think it was like the early, early Windows had an operating system. Right. And I was jumping on – I'm pretty sure I jumped on all that before BlackBerry, and then I went to BlackBerry. Pocket PC. The, Wasn't that what they called? Pocket yeah, that's PC. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the Pocket PC. That's it. Yep, still yes. got that. Yes. <laughs> got them all. And, um, yeah, still got the Pocket PC. Yeah, that's it. And I had great hopes for all that. And I thought it was just fantastic in the game. And But then I moved across to a corporate environment and they didn't support it. And we were very tight knit in terms of their enterprise data. And it was just, you could just see so much potential on it. And um, again, try, it was one of these things you could see, it, but it hadn't been fully realized. Yeah. And then I think going BlackBerry and then to the iPhones, like again, iPhone 3. And it, so, so if you've kept those devices, have you kept mobile phones in recent years as well? Yeah, I've got I've got every mobile phone I've had. Really? What? Hang on, boxes? <laughs> uh, most of them. Most okay. of them. And how old are your kids? Most of them. Oh, I just had my first grandchild. Actually, my youngest is twenty-seven. So, is your hope now that the grandchildren will will appreciate them in some way? Because <laughs> like, that's I. So, my son uh, was working here a bit in, um, before he got a real job uh, at Coles, and so he doesn't come here anymore. He was mucking up, you know, looking after the warehouse downstairs. Yeah, as we call I, it. I, lis- I, I listen to your podcast and, every and my, week. My daughter now wants to wants to do, be the warehouse manager. So, I, oh. I, 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 my problem is I don't think they like it's so hard to to appreciate what a thing is here for. So I have stuff that's here because it might be a Today Show segment again, right? But then mm, I have stuff mm. that I just think is interesting. So, for example, I know downstairs I've got the original Telstra T-Tab, you know, the tablet they came out with. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, was yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, one of their – it's yeah. like the the, the the T-Box. They they just wanted to sell these things by the, by the tens of thousands, you know. Yeah, I've got yeah, a lot of weird that. little stuff down there. It's of no value. Let's be real. Like even your – Compact iPack 
is probably worth $23. Like it's probably not worth much at all unless it was, you know, shrink wrapped in the box um, and worked with power and everything. There's, there's no value to these things. So at what point do we, at what point do we move on? Do you reckon? Oh, I, I don't know, but I haven't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperately trying to declutter, and I, I don't care. I can't get rid of those. I just Where, my wife what, says, get rid of the is phones. there anything that would make? So let me ask you this. So my my thought is, well, obviously at some point they're going to all go in the trash. They're going to go to the recycling center or something. But I, I I've I've been to places where they have like you know technology museums and stuff. So. Would, yeah. If there was a place where people could walk through and see the history of phones and stuff like that and you felt like, you, like your stuff was on display, would that be a place you'd put it, you know, like as a yeah, donation? Yeah. So it had your name next to it and you go, this, you know, this was donated by Anthony and, uh, you know, oh, it is that. what it is. Yeah, I'd do that. Because yeah. I feel I'll like it's, it's funny. Here. I've got all my Xboxes. So oh, yeah. yeah I've got the, the original Xbox controllers and all those kind of things. And I was up at the recycling center in my local area recently doing a story, and I noticed that they had a bunch of old things. And I went, "What? Are, like, what are these?" And they go, "Sometimes when something cool is put in the recycling, we we pick it out and we we use it to take to things like schools and things as a display to encourage kids to you know recycle or whatever." And I thought to myself, "That's probably the only way I'd part with it if I knew it was being utilized in some way." Do you know what I mean? Appreciated yeah, for yeah. what it is. No, nah, I'm like that too. I just, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd probably even just put it on exhibit here. For, you know, I don't care if I walk past. Mine are on a shelf. That, just... That's what I do. You should come here. Mine are just on a shelf downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> it puts a smile on my face. That's all it needs to do. That's a good point. Puts a smile. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm actually buying old phones now from like the '60s, old rotary dials to put on like display Eric Fons and things like that. Sorry, uh, Anthony, uh, are you still married? Yeah, yeah, my wife likes the phones. She doesn't like the mobile phones. She likes but the phones. But she's okay with the old rotary them. ones. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. just got like a little display of them. And just, again, nostalgia puts a bit of a smile on my face. I tell you what, I've still got my first television, a JVC television I bought in like 1980, and my first video machine that I ever bought, probably around circa 1981 or something. And I remember distinctly remembering, should I buy a VHS or a beta mass? <laughs> See, and I'm, I was debating and debating, and I, it was the last decision I made right. I bought a VHS. That's the last time I got anything <laughs> right. I'm oh, sorry. Were you married after or before that? Oh, no. I was a kid. I was at high school. Yeah, well, mate, and just in so, terms of you know, decisions you've made right, just to be clear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, she made the right decision. If I, if I could get one – if I could have one thing back, there's probably something else that I could think of, but the first thing, because you were talking about VHS, is – I remember our when we lived in Queensland, so I would have been in, I don't know, year three, year two or three, um, we had a big, you know, rank arena or HMV yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. But on top was a big national was the brand of the VHS player. It was pop-up, so, the you know, the VHS yeah, went yeah. in the top and it had a cable for the remote. It was not wireless. I got that. I got that. But it's a, v- it's a JVC brand. It pops up at the top. And I got to run my cord for the um, remote control. I still have it. So, what's the one thing you wish you still had? God, good question. Oh, my youth, <laughs> <laughs> my hair. <laughs> yeah, my hair. That's it. My hair. That's very good answer. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, man, I yeah. mate, 
Line them up, put them on display. I'll come around and have a look because it's uh, it's, it sounds like a trip down memory lane. I I especially like. I feel like don't hope my wife never hears this, but I feel like I'm probably going to buy a compact iPack on eBay, even though it doesn't work. I've done that. I've got a couple of Uh, things downstairs that eh? I didn't own, but you know, I just. I always wanted to have them because because when I do segments on retro stuff, the Motorola Razor always comes up. I never owned a Razor. I never had a flip phone, um, or the the Razor flip phone. So I bought a couple on e. I bought a couple on eBay because you know they, oh, yeah. it's just a prop, you know. So I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. I feel like I can fill those gaps. This is the thing when you get to this stage of life, you know, you've got more control of your own disposable income, and yeah, it's like you know right. what I might bid on that on eBay. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I look at those old little phones. The old, like I said, it's in my office, and I walk past and I look at it every day. And yeah. I, oh, yeah, and I occasionally open it up and flip it. Geez, how small. They were so small and so handy. I think that's why I keep the original iPad here on display because I like yeah. how big. I, I go, wow, we've we've done pretty well. Like it's it's still amazing what it was, but we've also come a bit of a way. So not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, on, yeah, I'm looking no. on eBay now. I think for fifty bucks, I can get myself an iPad. So. All <laughs> oh, right. I didn't. I'm, I never even look. I recently. I, I, oh, don't start now. You're like, going to be in trouble. <laughs> No, no, I, I got intrigued by looking at the um, – someone mentioned the value of an knife, uh, of the um, message pads. Mm. Uh, sorry, the um, Newton, the Newtons. And I saw oh, quite curious. And they fluctuate. Those prices are up and down. But I don't yeah. think I could sell that. I've done, you know, unless someone gave me a ludicrous offer. Yeah. I'm not really interested in selling it. Yeah. But well, like, that's all got the packaging. I've got everything for that. Man, there's one. I'm, I'm now I'm curious. Now I'm so stupidly curious. I'm now on eBay and I've got one that says, uh, you know, used Hewlett Packard iPack 1910. And look, I don't remember the model numbers that I had, but it's close. This thing's five hundred and fifty dollars. It'd want to still work. Jeez. I mean, well, it does say in pristine. Older, what about yeah. this? In pristine condition, still has screen yeah. protector and no marks. Wow. Yeah, oh. I'd say mine has no marks. Mine has no marks. Even got the GPS unit for mine. It was a big sleeve that slides on the back of it for GPS. Oh, I thought that was the ant's pants. Oh, my God. I was like, this one still you know? works. Oh. I haven't fired mine up. Oh. But they're cool. They're cool. Mine's compact, though. This is before HP took over compact. Yeah, I think I only ever had a compact. Um, yeah. And again, you know, they're, 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 they're for sale for parts. So, as yeah. I say, you, you, your kids don't care. They're of no true monetary value, but, you know, it's what's inside us that matters most, isn't it, Anthony? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, let's, you know, bit of, you know it, it brings back a bit of memory. That's all. That's not a bad thing. Puts a, smile, puts a smile on my face and doesn't cost me anything. Well, you've put a smile on my face today and it didn't cost me anything, didn't cost you anything, and I appreciate it, mate. So thanks for the walk down memory lane. No worries, Trevor. It's good to hear from you. Thank you for downloading EFGM.com, the place to go to get in touch. Dean's on the line. G'day, Dean. G'day, Trev. How are you, mate? Yeah, real good, mate. That's the way. What's mate, happening, mate? After, after some advice, um, trying to watch Bathurst 1000 the other day, and I have two Samsung TVs, uh, a KO account, and they just don't seem to like each other. Um, long story short, uh, before the main race kicked off on Sunday, I plugged the Apple TV TV in and never had one issue after that. But leading up to it, trying to use the KO app on the Samsung TVs, uh, one Samsung TV, a bit old, five years old, 
the other one, only about 12 months old and quite a, a you know, a, a, a better model. Yeah, and yep, yep. Still, still just struggled. Uh, would kick me out and uh, you can't reinstall the app because um, it's preloaded on there. And, oh, really? So um, you can't remove yeah. it because it's already on there when you when you buy it? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so just very my, frustrating. My experience is not dissimilar, but no, but not quite on your level. I, I think that if you want the best KO experience, buy an Apple TV. By by any stretch mm. of the imagination, it is more responsive. It's faster. Yeah. It's it's for me. It feels better quality. I don't know what it is. Plus, you get the option of the full screen split. So you know, there's a bunch of reasons that why. That was awesome. I must admit. Honestly, it's what did they have multiple things for the supercars? Like, did they have the pit lane or anything yeah, like that had, as well? They had Camaro cam, Mustang cam. Oh, really? Uh, Chopper cam. Chopper S's cam is cam. good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and the timing, the 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 uh, timing monitor for for all the drivers. But I guess it was just frustrating because I didn't want to have to take up a HDMI space. I just wanted I to have a, a TV and just. Yeah. But that's just me being probably mm, precious now. No, no, well, no. And here's the thing: uh, you're going to need to stop being precious because my advice yes. is. <laughs> my advice is either and Apple TVs are expensive, right? So that's a big ask, but. If you can get mm. another Apple TV, get it for the TV. Um, Chrome, yep. Google Chromecast yep. or Chromecast with Google TV, second uh, and a very close second um, as the best option. Yep. I use a Chromecast in my office at home, um, in the kids' playroom, and um, it's just awesome way to use Ko. Now, yeah. here's here's yeah. the weird thing. Um, I, I and I don't want to be negative towards TV companies, but TV companies each have their own operating systems, right? Samsung ties yep. it. LG WebOS, Hisense, VDU, lots of different things. And I'm not defending KO here, but look, they've got developers who are building an app and they've got to make it work on every platform. It's wild. Yeah. And you know what? They're yeah. probably also looking at the data going, well, 90% of our viewers are on this platform, so let's work on that first, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. not a defense because they should just make it work everywhere properly, but especially because we're paying for it. But mm, mm. I've, and that's the other thing. <laughs> I've got a Neo QLED Samsung in the office here, and I've never had a problem with KO on it. So I am surprised right. by your Samsung okay. question. The Hisense yep. TV we had at home, um, I'm going to say it was three years old. It was, I feel like it was when they announced KO for Hisense, that was two mm -hmm. years, like my model was two years ago. So I felt like it wouldn't come, but it did. It was never amazing. But yep, on yep. the brand new Hisense we've just installed, 100 inches. Um, <laughs> mate, I'm telling it's you. not bragging. I'm absolutely bragging. It's sensational, <laughs> right? If you think you're 75 inches good, come around to my mm. place and you'll just you'll be like, oh, holy heck. Anyway, so – the, the operating system, and I haven't reviewed it yet, but the operating system is slick. It's, it's like I can already feel that just high sensors stuff, you know, the menus are faster, better. It's good. And we used yep. um, KO the other day for the Formula One. We, we sat down and watched the, the Formula One on the weekend. And it was yep. awesome because I took the Apple TV from that box to send it back to Apple because it was a loner. So the kids are like, yeah. where's the Apple TV? I'm like, we don't need it. This thing's got AirPlay. It's got everything on it. And I was a bit nervous, but it worked great but only single right. screen, so we couldn't do – and on a – again, ridiculous, right? On a 100-inch TV, it's like we should split the screen. Let's run some other stuff. I got, Why not? I got four 50-inch TVs here. Like 
<laughs> I am I am filthy a that the hundred inch didn't arrive before Bathurst and b that I didn't even know they had the split screen stuff at Bathurst. Anyway, forgetting yep. all yep. that. So uh, look, the answer to your question is I don't know how you fix the Samsung problem because that's all right. Aside from doing a factory reset, which yeah is a big call. Um, given the problem is easier solved with an Apple TV, I think you're um, yep. you're probably stuck with just going HDMI route, mate. And and do you know that's fine, and I get it, right? But would you know if um, you'd be able to get the split screens through the other um, TV apps later on if Apple TV can no. do it? Why can't the others? So the only one right. that's brought it on uh, Chromecast with Google TV has picture in picture. Um, yep. I don't think it does four way split. Mate, it's processing power. Okay. The Apple TV yeah. is a little computer. Yeah, it's, it's a ripper. And yeah. also, so again, because what KO can do is they're programming to say, look, Apple only have five different Apple TVs. Here's the minimum requirements of it. Let's build the app so that it does this on that minimum one, then everything else is going to be good. But you go to a Hisense yeah. or a Samsung TV, and the challenge for KO, not, not for Hisense or Samsung, is KO have got to build an app for the least most powerful um, TV in the range. And so yep. that yep. one's probably not going to be able to handle four-way split, whereas you'd argue that the $10,000 Neo QLED that's in my office here <laughs> that Samsung Should is on loan, to. you'd think it would do everything, right? But no, because um, KO, you know, they can't account for the, you know, what is there, 200 people with yeah. one of those TVs? You know, it's yeah, time and effort, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, yep. you're, you're probably going to struggle to get picture-in-picture. No, Apple TV, it is all the way then. Um, awesome. I, I guess while I've got you, can I ask another quick yeah, question me. about an Apple product? Hit me. Um, you, you, you might laugh. I, my wife has still got an iPhone 8 Plus. You've been putting um, the money into, the, into big TVs. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, and, and, and probably on that is I'm one that likes to buy the phone outright. I don't I don't go on plans that include, you Love know. It. Um, and I guess uh, – with the last uh, iPhone update, an iOS update, and now it doesn't support the 8 Plus model, which I knew was coming. Yep. Um, we can't really go straight out and buy an iPhone 15 outright. Yeah. Um, what's what's your kind of uh, – she, she wants to stay with an iPhone. Um, Is she hell-bent on the Plus model? No, no. No, it doesn't need to be. No, well, it was just more – then I think the the simplest answer or the first answer is get the iPhone 13. Um, iPhone 13. Okay. 128 gigabyte, thousand bucks, like 1099, okay. I think it is. Um, yep. And yep. so you're getting what I like about the 13 right now is you can buy it still from Apple. So that just shows mm-hmm. that it's still part of the range, right? It's not discontinued. Yeah. Um, so you can buy yep. it from Apple outright, um, which means you know pick colors and engraving all that kind of whatever you want to do. But it's also it's the current you know shape. It's the current look. It doesn't look like you've got a five year old phone. Obviously, next year yeah, that might yeah. change dramatically. But that doesn't that doesn't change you know the 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 overall perception that you've got the that that squared off model. So the thirteen is the good one yep. because you know it's the it's the oldest of the current look. Um, and you know thousand ninety nine. There is obviously the iPhone SE, which is mm-hmm. much yeah. much smaller than the thirteen and the eight plus. So she's going to feel like that's a big downgrade in size. But it has the button yeah. that she's currently got with with the eight plus. Correct. Yes, um, that's right. The home so button. she doesn't have to learn all the the swiping stuff. And it starts at seven hundred and nineteen bucks, like brand and, new. And, and I 
And that's probably the other thing. You know, you said a thousand and ninety nine. Do you think with the um, sales that we usually get this time of year coming up in the next month, um, would that would they go on sale a bit more, or I, generally not? If you can hold off, I'd wait until November twenty two. Oh, I think isn't that when? Yeah, yep. that's Prime Day. Uh, sorry, not Prime Day. Right. Um, Black Friday. Black. Um, yep. okay. I feel like that's the date. Hang on. What am I? I've lost my mind. I did put it in my diary and I thought to myself, oh, Black Friday, I've got it on a Wednesday, but I think that's because it's Black Friday sales that week. Um, yes. So essentially yep. late no, late November is sales time. And, you know, a place to look would be like Amazon because Apple has an okay. Amazon store, so you can buy from Apple right. on Amazon. But essentially okay. that maybe, maybe they'll push stuff out that way via Amazon rather than discounting heavily on their own site. Or maybe there will be great um, deals on on phones at apple.com.au. The other thing, obviously, yep. is you've still got the option of um, refurbished phones. Um, I don't yeah. know if you've ever looked at I those. I heard you talk about that. Your, your previous podcast, you've mentioned that, yeah. I mean, the difference isn't a lot, but l- let me let me try and put it in some perspective. We said 1099 for uh, 13, standard 13. Mm-hmm refurbished you could get a 12 pro so way better camera um Mm -hmm. even than the 13 because it's triple lens for 919 dollars you could get if she does like the bigger screen you could get the 12 pro max refurbished for 1029 right okay (laughs) so So you wouldn't have any reservations buying a refurb one not at all no mate 12 month warranty it's been through a battery of tests You'd be blown mm. away how good a condition they are when they come. Put a case on it. If even if it has a scratch on the side, you put a case on it. It's protected a for her, um, you know, life of the phone, and b to yeah, cover up anything. Exactly. But trust me, they don't come yeah. with scratches and nicks all over them. Those when you go to buy refurbished, um, I know Boost certainly has this option, I'd, and others would too. There's three choices. What condition do you want it in? Very good, right. excellent, or as new. Now, an iPhone okay. 12 Pro Max, premium refurbished, as new listed quality, is one one oh nine. That's ten dollars more than the thirteen yeah. standard, brand new. And you're mate, getting a bit, mate. Yeah. You're getting a bigger okay. phone, better camera, and you're getting a twelve month warranty. Oh, I don't, mate. I think it's a winner. Okay. It's a bit of a no brainer then. The, and the only way, let me tell you this: the only way your wife knows it's a refurbished phone is because <laughs> it's because it doesn't come in an Apple box. Or she listens to this podcast. Oh, spewing. Hi, darling. <laughs> Hope you're well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. It sounds like you you put me on the right track. All right, buddy. Enjoy. Good luck. Good on you, Trev. Thanks, Thanks buddy. for everything, mate. Thanks as for usual. getting in touch. Bye. Cheers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's not rocket science, but you know, it's interesting, and I kind of keen to know where Dean goes with that because I think I'd err on. I'd go twelve Pro Max. I think I'd go 12 Pro Max. If I was looking to spend around 1100 on a, on an iPhone, I'd go refurbished 12 Pro Max over a brand new 13. That's a tough – that's an interesting and tough decision, that one. But anyway, and by the way, so 1109 for the as new, 1069 for the excellent, 1029 for the very good. So, I mean, it's a very small window of, of difference. And obviously, you can pay for more storage and all those things as well. Pretty cool. Good on you, Dean. Good luck. And, uh, yeah. Spewing, I missed the split screens on KO. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast.
Lex is on the line. G'day, Lex. G'day, Trevor. What can I do for you, buddy? Oh, I was just uh, following up. We are talking about um, Telstra 5G coverage and the experiences that I've had. Ah, you've, uh, you saw my article with Peter Adderton this morning, yeah? Yeah, I did. He's and, a man um, that loves to offer an opinion. I've got to be honest, I was meant to be with him for 40 minutes. Uh, he was still talking at an hour, and I'm like, dude, i got to go. I've got to, I've got to go. And by the way, I've got another four stories coming because I had to go, you know what, I can't fit it all into one story. So there's, a, there's, there's more coming. But his words were 5G is a complete disaster, and not just in Australia, globally. And now, to be clear, he's not saying it's broken. He's saying it's not really necessary. And so what was your take on, on, on reading that? Uh, well, I, I guess it's my personal experience of um, the Telstra 5, 5G in my area, which I'd previously been getting somewhere between 8 and 10 megabits per second, which was usable in a pinch when my NBN was down. Yeah. But Telstra then installed a, uh, a small cell tower in my vicinity, right. and it meant that all I could do was connect to the small cell tower. And... All I could get from that was somewhere between you know, two to five megabits per second, um, which is obviously. How do you know yeah. they installed a, a small cell? Um, well, I'd, I'd seen a notice go up saying that it was was going to be installed, and then watched okay. the progress of it gotcha. being installed. And I just use a utility which tells me which tower I'm connected to, mm-hmm. and which utility is that? By the way, that sounds cool. I need one of those. Is there an app? Oh. Oh, there's something called Cell Light or something like that. I can't remember the name exactly. And um, um, I then just on Google Maps measured how far I was away and I was 430 metres from this tower. And upon investigation, I find that these small towers only have a range of about 350 to 400 metres. And I'm just right on the edge of that cell and... As a result, I get really terrible performance and I can't connect to one of the other towers that are nearby that used to give me, you know, up to 10 megabits per second. Uh, and so you were, before the small small cell, what were you getting? Were you on the 5G standard? Well, it was 5G or 4G, but because of the area that I'm in it, um, and the distance of the, the tower, that was about the best that I could get. Um, with 4G, with 5G, it was still sort of, um, you know, back to old ADSL type speeds. And what about out and about? Do you do you find like I think Peter Adderton's main point because obviously we could say these kind of similar complaints have existed across all mobile networks. There's always black spots, da da da. da. But yeah, think, very true. I think Peter's point was more like, what do we even need it for? Like. Do, a, do you think you're getting worse than you were with 4G? And B, when you're out and about, do you even think you know that you're on 5G? Does it matter? Well, well I, I guess I don't really look for that that sort of speed. And if I, you know, certainly if uh, after having the experience I had, I'd walk around my area and other areas and do some speed tests. And sometimes you would get 300 megabits per second. But I go, why do I need that sort of speed? Um but the other thing is, I when I go travel around, I'd like to know that I can connect and that I can get something that's 
you know, even half reasonable, even, you know, something that's faster than, say, the slowest MBN. Yeah, and I think that's the, the challenge. So you've got standard MBN at home or are you using 5G at home? Um, no, I'm using NBN and yeah. I think I get something like I'm gonna s I am I get something like three hundred megabits per second on my NBN because yeah. I pay for a higher And that's when you want it. Plan. You want that speed when you're at home. You know, see this is the point. I don't know that we need the speed when we're out and about. Like I'm not even sure when I've had the advantage of five G. Now, I I I reckon the networks would argue that we wouldn't know because it's when we're in a populated area or when the network's being challenged or whatever that the capacity comes into play. But I think I think Peter's point is that it was sold to us wrong. It shouldn't have been sold as a you know great fast speeds. It should have just been sold as it's going to make the experience more reliable or better or whatever you want to say. And that's probably all they needed to do and say. Yeah, exactly. And and the real key thing is coverage. Um, I, I guess people want to be able to go to a cafe or something and sit down and, and hotspot off their phone or they want to be able to jump in their car and plug in Android Auto or CarPlay and be able to um, use their maps and, and travel around and, um, and be able to do that reliably. But mm. the fact is that they're building a network now with certainly Telstra, as I can see, that have these small cells that, will give you really terrible coverage if you connect to them. What's the best speed you got standing really close to the small cell? Um, oh, I get 300 megabits per second. Right. But it's, yeah, that's the distance is the killer on the small. It's Distance is the killer on and all the, 5G towers. Well, and it's these new cells which are the small, they're, they're trying to build out the, the coverage by putting in these small cells. But they have this, uh, this range which means that you – when you get on the edge of it, you'll just drop off um, your coverage and you'll get terrible speeds. Are they the small um, cells are millimetre wave? So what device are you using that's millimetre wave? I'm just using the Samsung. I think it's I've got a uh, Samsung S21 and it just uh, it connects to that with uh, with my Wi-Fi. Okay. Oh, no, not with my Wi-Fi, sorry, with my 5G. Yep. So the problem with small mm. cell is it's meant to actually think about a, um, a populated area. The small cell is a theoretically meant to be on every second light post. Do you know what I mean? It's meant to be like a it, mesh Wi-Fi network, isn't it, where it is – it shouldn't be that you're 400 metres from one unless you're at the very end of the chain. No, and certainly I can see within my area that they're, they're filling out more small cells. Yep. And when you have a look at the distance between them, there's actually gaps it's not like they're so they're not building say, the, they're not actually making the right daisy chain network exactly and and I, I can see that the next one up the road is something like a kilometer away which will leave leave a gap between those two cells yeah and also even if it was bumped if it was 800 so let's say it was 400 meters of the range when you get to the middle of it you're at zero like you're not at you should be i don't know i feel like they should be 200 meters apart at, at most <laughs> It feels like it's the way it's meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, yeah. I, I guess in fairness to Telstra, they certainly have, you know, coverage in in remote areas that are that are better than anybody else. But mm -hmm. it's just a real shame to see them building out their network with obvious flaws in it and obvious gaps in it. Well, I I appreciate the info. I appreciate the call, and I think it's it's fascinating kind of feedback. And we've heard it before, whether it's on the roads or where else. And Telstra. 
I remember talking to Chana about it. It, it. You know, they they believe they're building it to properly replace the coverage that 3G offers. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I just I wonder whether it all happened too fast. I wonder whether the battle for 5G and the battle to be first actually cost them a bit. Actually, it's probably interesting because Vodafone were the slowest to to roll out 5G. And they're just kind of chipping away at it. It's it's really it's less like yeah. a race for them. It's more like a network replacement. So I wonder whether that strategy is actually going to work in their favour long term. It's a, I don't know. It's fascinating, and, but, but you're right. And you've got to wonder who's going to build the services that need the five G speed and and latency. Well, that, that's what Peter Adams' when, point uh, was. When you know, we, such gaps. we were told we were told there was going to be remote surgery and autonomous cars and all these things, but in the end. None of that's actually happening on 5G, and nor would it in the in the in the reasonable space of time. So, or, or as I said to him, or maybe we just don't know about those successful things that are happening on there because maybe they can't be spoken about because they're they're uh, you know uh, medical conditions or they're they're law enforcement or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I just think that the hype, uh, the the experience has not lived up to the hype. Is is the summary? Yeah, that's true. And I know that on my phone that I, I run, I sort of set the power saving setting so that 5G doesn't come on anyway. Yeah. So I just rely upon 4G connections anyway. Well, there's an interesting challenge for us all. You know, I'm going to do it right now for a bit. Uh, I'm going to go into settings. So everyone go into settings and just for a few days or a week, whatever you can, you go mobile. But this is, I'm obviously doing this on an iPhone. It's different for different things, but um, I think if I go into mobile data options, data mode, I'm going to go oh, voice and data. You know what? <laughs> I've already done it. I've already got it on 4G only. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, fine. that's funny. Well, and I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> and and 4, 4G is going to deliver the types of speeds that you want for you know, 99% of the things that you do. Yeah. It's just funny that I didn't even know. Now, I'll tell you why I did that, by the way, is because when I'm overseas, often you're better to force it into 4G for roaming purposes and whatnot. So I've just not turned that feature, that function back on. <laughs> but I didn't even know. Oh, uh, well, good on you, Lex. That's really interesting feedback. And, um, yeah, we'll be interested to what people think. Thanks for getting in touch, buddy. All right. Nice to have a chat. Good on you, mate. Anytime. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Um I wasn't even on 5G. <laughs> so if I haven't noticed, what does that tell you? Maybe you should try the same thing, folks. Turn off 5G and see what happens. Let's get going with calls. Trevor Long taking your calls here on AFTM. Uh, William's on the line. G'day, William. Yeah, g'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Mate, I'm chasing like um, outdoor camera or cameras, possibly yep. two, yep. maybe three, depending on the view of them. Um, I wanted them to be connected to Wi-Fi and wireless, so I could you know, easily set them up. Yep. Um, and hopefully, um, where you could have like a memory chip in them or a USB or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it could store on there and loop from there instead of having a whole, you know, like um, desktop thing that they usually have. Right, yep. Any other requirements? 
Um, it'd be good if I could connect it to the laptop, so while I'm in the man cave, I can see what's going on. Well, I'll rule that one out for you right now. Um, you want wireless or wired? You want them to be wireless, don't you? Wireless, yeah, please. Mate, rule out the live feed, all right? Because that's gonna that's gonna chew through the battery big time. Now it's possible, like I've got mine, I've got Arlo, uh, Nest, Ring, and Uniden out the front of my joint because I'm a I'm a nerd, but uh, you know, testing them all obviously. But um, if I if I wanted to, I can ask you know my Alexa or Google Smart Speaker to show me one of the cameras, and it will show me. But if I leave it streaming, man, it's just chewing through the battery. So instead of getting you know, three to four or five months battery, I'm going to get one. And that's going to frustrate the hell out of you, right? So what you want is you want one that's going to give you good notifications so that you can... So, for example, even on my watch, I get a notification. I can see a snapshot of what it is that it saw. On my phone, I can see like a little animation of the video of what it saw almost instantly after it happens. So there's there's really two big two brands I would recommend you look at, Arlo and Uniden. Um, they they both have great products, really easy to use. The Arlo one, I think, is your best bet overall because if you sign up for a cloud subscription with it, you've got 30 days' worth of memory storage. Uh, you're getting great notifications, really rich and all that kind of stuff. The Uniden, you can use without the cloud, and it has a little memory card on it so that if you need to, you can get that off, but you can still get notifications on your phone and things like that. For one camera... If you go real simple entry level, the new Arlo uh, Essential Outdoor is 159, 159, and mate, that's got a wide field of view. I don't think you need much more than that. Um, you know, like one or two cameras is going to get you done. Yeah, cool. Okay, great. That sounds awesome. Uniden and Arlo. So Uniden have their what they call AppCam Solo. They can get a two pack for 300 bucks, or Arlo's Essential. Around the same price. Okay, Arlo Essential sounds good. That'll dip me toe in the water. Yeah, mate. That, and you know what? Just to be clear, you'll you'll be able to call me your dealer from now on because it will be a gateway drug for you, mate. Once you've got one or two, you then you're going to get a doorbell. You're going to get another one for here. You'll get the indoor one for the foyer. You'll get everything, mate. But dipping your toe in the water is the best way to do it because I want you to remember that battery life is dependent on how much it records. So if you have every notification coming to your phone 24-7, it's going to burn the battery life. But if you set it up on a schedule that says when I'm not home, when I am home, and do things like that, it's much more efficient on your battery life. But that's what I want you to learn in that with those first ca- camera or two is those things, and then you'll just add to it from there. Okay, excellent. That's great. So if I did want to have, go live stream, I'd be better off having more. Yeah? Better off having what, Sorry. I'm losing you. You're back, William? He said he was going through yeah. a tunnel. Oh, yeah. You're back. So if you did want to have a live yeah. stream, what was your question? Which one are you better with? I'd, better, I'd be better off having it hardwired. Um, yeah. If you So, for example, sitting here in my office, my man cave, uh, which is an actual office, not I'm not at home, um, I have, yep. uh, pff, I think I've got 12. Well, let me count. One, two, three, four five, six, seven, eight cameras showing on my... I think I've got nine hooked up, but I've got eight cameras and they're hardwired. And again, you need to have a great system that you can get for this. 
Um, they're hardwired, but, man, I've got live view. So I can see when someone walks up. So if I'm recording like with you right now and I see someone come to the door, what I'll do is I'll mute my mic and, and I'll, I'll yell out, I'm on, I'm on the radio or something like that. And I can see them coming yep. in, like it's real time. So if you want that kind of security center approach, then yeah, uh, 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 NVR, N for Nelly, V for video, R for recorder, network video recorder is what you want. But here's the thing. You can have some wireless cameras on that, but I don't think they've yet got one that's wire-free in terms of power. You can have them that they're, they're just wired to power, and then there's no cable going back to the unit, but there's no outdoor wireless ones yet. Okay, no worries. Good. Oh, well, that's been pretty helpful. Well, mate, enjoy. Hope you get a good system for yourself, mate. Okay, thanks heaps, Trevor. Good on you, buddy. Enjoy the drive. Where are you off to? You too. Uh, back to the yard to drop some containers off. <laughs> so it's all containers for you, boss? Yeah, contain, containers off Paul Botany. Yeah, back right to the right. yard, then they shoot off to the customer. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's it, probably full of cameras. All right, mate, you're keeping the country alive, mate. That's what, what we need. Thank you, for, thank you for what you're doing. Thanks, Trevor. Good on you, William. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, good options for William. Um, he did say to me in his email he wanted budget. So I wanted to make it clear that's why I recommended the, the bottom end of the range because there's plenty of other cameras and, you know, there's Nest and Google and Ring and blah, 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 blah. blah. But, you know, I do think Unity and Nala have nailed that that entry level for this wire-free space. So um, I think that'll offer the best overall solution for our man, William. Well, sorry, I was looking at my watch. So I'm obsessed, literally obsessed with the Peanuts watch face on the Apple Watch because it's cute, it's cool. And every time you look at your watch, it's a different animation that appears. It's wild to me how many there are. Now, I've got some videos that I will publish this week that explain a little bit more about that and pose the question about how many there are. Don't Google it. It's cheating. It's it's an awesome watch face. So if you've got watch uh, OS 10, try the Peanuts watch face. It's a smile on your dial. That's all that matters. Uh, get in touch anytime, eftm.com. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, hey. Tell your friends. Share the episode. Share it with someone. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Share it with someone. Leave a rating, a review. Love to hear from you. EFTM.com. Thanks, folks. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Well, it was. Until note, did you know that Stig? That Stig put on that voice. This is the EFTM Podcast. That's Stig. He puts it on. Like That's not his normal voice, but he put it on for us, for me. Um, anyway, bye.